So I can have two chains. Yeah, I, so why don't you just chains. call me two chains? Like I, let's why, I mean, why I, let's get the middleman. That's true. And like when we call when we call you two chains, people are like, why are you calling it two chains? It's one chain. It's like, don't fucking ask. That's don't, not how it that's not how a nickname. Don't worry about works. it. The yeah, only answer is it. don't worry about it. So you know, there's reasons why people don't call me A Train, you know? I wanted <laughs> them to call me A Train. Did you try? Did you try to get people to call you A-Train? I've never made an effort, but then one person did call me A-Train. I was like, I want this to be a thing now. And it was just him. I didn't, he wasn't a part of any wider friend group. So it was like an Eddie. It was like a weird Eddie of Nick Namus-ishness. And it, it went away as quickly as it began. I, you know, for, um, <laughs> I'm sad that we're just now learning about this. So am I. Um, you could have saved us literal years of explaining why we call you Janine. No, but that's how a nickname works. Welcome to Pod Linda Broadcast, <laughs> not Linda Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Not A Train. That's A Train. <laughs> oh, it's A Train now, but oh, that's A Train. That's A Train. Yeah, let's open the thing. Um, oh yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, well, I started recording when you when you were talking about magnet chains because what what was I gonna do? Not capture that sweet sweet content. I totally hear you. Uh, guys, you know what it's been a while. A while. <laughs> oh. Um, it's been a while since we've done. I mean, obviously, we have done episodes of Podlander Drunkcast, not Lander Podcast, but it's been a while since we watched a proper Outlander episode. Yes, no, we're coming back to our original thing. Our it's roots. Like our roots. Mm-hmm. Jane Austen, who? Our roots. Um, our roots. <laughs> our roots are really prominent. What? Not You're like fired. Our, our roof. Our roof. Ever I'm never fire. calling you A Train again. <laughs> never fine. calling you A Train. Reasons again. why. Reason why no one ever respects my desires of nicknames because I can't fucking hold up my end of the bargain of being cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to put a challenge out there to the drunk cast listeners of the world. If you spot Janine in the wild, please call him Janine and not A-Train. Call him Janine. Because this way he'll be able to know exactly where it is that you know him from. It'll be less mm-hmm. confusing. Oh my God. Call him Janine. However, if you spot Neil Starbird out in the wild, if you want to really freak him out, walk up to him and call him Big Bacon. Here's the thing, though. That would not freak him out at all. He would be like, finally. <laughs> Well, sure, but wouldn't he be wondering, like, how did they get that? Oh, I've, no, he, I, I, I predict that he would 100% guess this podcast. Oh, he would be like, oh, they told me, they told the podcast listeners to call me Big Bacon? Actually, his response would be, and I know this to be true because he's been saying it all the time the past few days, is, oh, those coats. <laughs> he really, I, I can vouch for that. He really has yeah. latched onto that as a He as a loves bit. that phrase, yes. That's funny. It's good. Those coats. We saw some of those coats in this episode. Yes, we did. That's about time. Uh, which, those speaking of, you know what? Let's get into it. Let's try okay. to start this most recent era of Outlander off on the right foot and attempt to get out an episode that is shorter than the episode of television we just watched. It won't be hard because that episode was fucking 200 minutes long. <laughs> it was long. It was Two, long. That was 200 minutes? It wasn't That's an exaggeration. Minutes. It was oh. 80 minutes long. It was an hour and 20 minutes. They're oh. all going to be long. They're all longer episodes. Right. Really? Um, yeah, because part of the deal with this season is because of COVID, they reduced the episode order, but the episodes are longer. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. 
and um, they've talked a lot about um, the density of the storytelling this season, which I think is reflected in this episode, which Agreed. I have a lot of positive things to say about. Me too. Um, I have, you know, I've got some quibbles, but um, to the three out of fives out there wh- who think <laughs> we, you don't like the show, we get it. I want to assure you, I think that this is a good episode. I agree. It is good. It is. Mm-hmm. And you know, this isn't Allison, the Outlander fan, saying this. This is the uh, professional television critic saying <laughs> it was very well put together. It was a really good classic um, first episode of a season of a show that's been on for a while. You are reintroducing the characters that we know and love and the setting and sort of reminding everybody where we left off. But really, the most important thing is planting the seeds for everything that's going to come in the next arc. Um, so we're remembering where people were when we left them and meeting new people and seeing how those things all tie together. And that's the number one assignment with any premiere. And this excels at that. Mm-hmm. Excels. It's really um, surprisingly unshowboaty for a Matthew B. Roberts episode. Hey, Couldn't not get a little dig in there, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. gotta always have a little dick. But it's but it's good. Yeah. It's good. Julie, was that your vibe? Your I liked too? it. Yeah. In fact, my um, last note was good episode. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wrote, I made sure to write down the director of this episode. It was Kate Cheeseman, by the way, from one great last name person to another. Great last name <laughs> Cheeseman. <laughs> great last name Cheeseman. <laughs> and then um, IMDb, I couldn't tell whether or not this was the case, but it said writer. It was D. Gabs and Ronald Moore. Oh, no. The episode said written for television by Matthew B. Roberts. Got it. Well, you know what, mustache? Good work, bud. Yeah, truly. Mm-hmm. Truly. Um, I have some quibbles, and I'm sure we'll get into them. But uh, but one last thing that we need to say before we dive in properly, briefly. Uh, we are returning to the old school. We've gone back to our uh, roots, which, according to A-Train, are on fire. Oh, God, no, I said or, no, prominent. No, really prominent. We're going back to our prominent roots. Oh, that um, was such a good callback of how uncool I am. Thank you. You're welcome. I <laughs> Always here for that. Live to please. Um, uh, and that Janine is not watching this season. Maybe yeah, we'll do the thing where we have him watch one. We pick the one and he watches with us. I think or that's sec- probably pretty likely. Or the sexy one, like the sexy bit. Cause like, well, there's sexy bits in this one. There well, are sexy no, bits, but it's not. Pick, choose wisely. It's not like old school sexy. We'll get into it. Yeah, like, we'll get they're, into they're it. Older. Just like they did. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, yo. So Janine doesn't know what's coming. No. All I know now is it's 80 minutes long. Yep. And, so. uh, and, and mustache. Did okay. He it sounds Julie, like he, he took if, the time in COVID to reflect on himself and maybe get a little better. I mean, let's not get our on hopes it, up. But yeah, you get this only episode one. It's episode okay. one. Uh, before Julie, before you take over, I'd like to set the scene for Janine, if I may. Okay. Um, uh, lights up on Fraser's Ridge in flames. The Jesus. entire forest of the eastern seabird is burning to the ground, the and fuck? out of the ash arises. Uh, Curiously frizzy haired, white gowned, wearing um, uh, Empress of Destruction. And Katrina Bell floats in the air and she says, All will love me and despair. And then there's a musical number. 
I kind of wish that's what I just watched. <laughs> like, I just woke up from a nap, and so yeah. like that all feels real. I was to me. wondering at what point you were gonna think that I was full of shit. Um, but this being Outlander, I'm guessing it was longer than it needed to be. Well, the moment the moment was it the you, musical number, or was it the Lord of the Rings? Reference? It was the Lord of the Rings because Kay. I'm I'm falling into a Lord of the Rings phase right now. So like. Naturally. I was right there. Okay. <laughs> um, that obviously is not what happens. However, Julie, why don't you take us away? Get us started. Well, bring us into, oh my God, Outlander Season 6. Outlander Season 6, Episode 1, Echoes. 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 Echo, echo, echo. So I got my notebook. I need everyone here to know that this is, I had to use the actual back the FedEx notebook is done. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, my Front God. The end of an era. Filled with bullshit notes <laughs> about oh my God. cultural touchstones. But here oh, we go. Oh, wow. That, we're going to save this, right? That belongs yeah. in an Outlander museum. Well, I have. I keep all the notebooks of all my notes because one day I'm going to read them and be like, God damn, I'm funny. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know. Okay. So... Thanks for the flashback because they opened up with a little bit of like a teaser reminder. Oh yeah, and I was like, you know what? It has been two years. Thank you, thank you. Well, Outlander. it was thank essentially you. like a previously on Outlander that they turned into like an opening monologue. Like it yeah. had, I've never owned a vase energy, but it was here's everybody you remember. Um, although and some I will that you s- forgot, and some <laughs> that you forgot. I will say, you can't tease Coinface and Pamplemousse. And then not give us either. That was the unkindest cut. I get that. The, Did they were they reminding you of these two people that were not were not. They were the reminding you of Murtaugh's death. Yeah, yeah. that's that's and, mean. And they, well, I know, I didn't need to see that again. Speaking yeah. of, uh, let's put that as the first thing on the list of things I didn't need to see again. There are a couple of in this episode. A couple okay. of those. Um, two. Lord John wasn't it just his face and like the voiceover, like he it wasn't even him in a scene with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like at least have Jamie there in the off chance that Lord John gets to give the sad love look. Right? Yeah. But nothing. Anyway, Patty. So thank you for the reminder of plot points, major deaths, <laughs> and who the hell is in this show. Right. So that's yes. how it started. Very good. Um by the way, the doctor's name on the kit is D. Rawlings. It's Dr. Rawlings. Remember, we were trying to remember that at Doodlander, the yeah. name of the doctor she wrote under? So Rawlings. 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 And at the end of this monologue, her fine, it's Claire delivering the monologue about um, How do you do? echoes and dreams and all sorts of stuff. But the final line I loved, which was, memory must be the devil. Because the future is, the, she starts out with the future is something good. I can't remember what it is. But the final line was, memory must be the devil. And so she's setting us up Oof. Yep. Oof. for a whole bunch of memory-related issues Oof. that all Thematic of our friends have. resonance. Oof. Yeah. Man, so, that's... cool. I'm reminded. And I'm, the door is open for me to walk into season six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then... We opened the actual, not really, but you think it is, the actual episode with a major flashback 
to when Jamie was at Ardsmuir Prison. A lengthy flashback. Are Very we, is, long. Is this kind of a weird, like, Inception-like thing where it's like, here's a flashback. That's the first level dream. Here's the no. second level dream that's even this, deeper. This flashback is very particularly on purpose to introduce you to Tom Christie, which we'll oh. get into at length later. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it goes back to Jamie at Ardsmuir. And I, I did have a question about this. In Great. the timeline of the plot, so let's say current day in the plot is Fraser's Ridge, season six. How long ago was Jamie's time at Ardsmuir? Uh, I mean, a long time. Um, I, off the top of my head, could not give you the exact number of years, but there are some... Um, it's got to be close to like 25 years. Some quibble, not quibbles. There are some interesting things to pick out in terms of the um, the timeline of the show's storytelling here. Because basically, to, to real briefly remind everybody, um, in the world of the show, uh, Jamie hid out in the cave, right? He was... Um, the Dunbonnet, right? Hid out in the cave. He he boned a lady who was very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, baby Fergus lost his hand trying to oh, hide yeah. him in the cave, right? Jenny had given birth. It's a, it was a whole, very traumatic, lots of feelings. Um, so then he essentially gives himself up to protect the people of Lallybrock um, so that they can claim this reward. And then he goes to Ardsmuir, right? Jenny's, Jenny's, I'll never forgive you. I was just reminded yes. of it. God. Yeah. I'm, brutal. Brutal. Love her. Um, so he goes to Ardsmuir. We've seen some of his time at Ardsmuir, but most of what we've seen of his time at Ardsmuir is at the end, because that is when Lord John shows up. Lord mm. John is the warden of Ardsmuir, takes over for somebody else. I need to go back if we had worked out the schedule differently, I would have watched uh, a specific season three episode before we recorded this. And I will do that before next week, or maybe we can do a, like a Patreon only episode or something um, to figure out whether or not it's the same actor. But basically Artsmere is a shitty military post. So the people who are getting that post are being usually punished in some way. Um, so for Lord John, I can't remember how strongly this is implied in the show, but in the books, it's that people have figured out that maybe he is homosexual. That was implied. That was Good. talked about. Okay. Yeah. So he gets this shitty posting um, and meets Jamie and they play chess. And then there's the thing with the jewel that's hidden and Jamie poops out the jewel and oh, gives yeah. it to Lord John. Oh, right? man, this show is the, bananas. The Scotsman's gold and there's yes. a white oh, witch God. and all that stuff, right? All of that happens. Lord John falls in love with Jamie. He puts his hand on Jamie's hand, not knowing about Jamie's traumatic history. Jamie is triggered, understandably. There's this rupture where he ends up taking um, a whipping for somebody else. And in the show, it's speaking Gaelic, I think. Um, However, in the book, it's about a scrap of tartan which is repurposed here. So that is, that's all stuff from the book, but, um, but in the book it's a conflict between Jamie and Lord John, that the roots of which are very different. Um, Tom Christie is also in Ardmere prison and they do have a conflict that's very similar. The stuff about the lodge is totally accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the uh, chronology quibble I have is uh, Murta should also have been in prison at this time, unless Jamie came to Ardsmuir before Murta did. Oh, yeah, because they added 
Murtaugh to Ardsmuir, right? Because wasn't he already dead in the books? I mean, yes. the show added He him. dies at Culloden in the books. Right. Yes. So, um, and we ooh. see him be transported to the United States because Ardsmuir yeah. yes, sends all of the Scottish prisoners to the U.S. except for Jamie because Lord John does this one thing for Jamie, which he thinks is a kindness, and which ultimately is, but at the time, Jamie does not think of it as a kindness. Jamie oh, thinks sends he's being him to Hellwater. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Remember. Um, so I'm wondering where Murta is. But we get this extended flashback. I would flashback. not have even thought of that. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, oh, thanks, honey. Bring me another Mai Tai. Tom has brought me some coffee. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it's really long, It's a long Janine. flashback. And what it's establishing is that when Jamie shows up at Ardsmuir, uh, there's a sort of power vacuum. Mm. And the Protestants... Mm. are being essentially led, or some of them, some of the Scots are being led by Tom Christie, who is, according to Jamie, in this is in the show, if they change their beliefs, they will not have to live in fear anymore, is the quote that he says. Um, the warden, current warden, not Lauren Jod, of the prison, one of his predecessors, um, learns that Jamie has showed up and is like, oh, well, McDo, Black Jamie is here. Don't do anything to rouse the prisoners or there'll be trouble for you. I had a note. I had a note about that exact line, which was, how can I help but aggravate the men? Because it was like, don't aggravate the prisoners. How can I help but aggravate the men when I look like this? Yeah, true. (laughs) I mean, he just walked in there and it's like, I'll follow him until I die, right? Like, Oh, yeah. He can't help it. Well, they it's obviously all respect him, and he is, a, as we've seen many, many times, a natural leader. Yeah. Um, so there's this sort of unbelievable rift amongst the men, and they end up pounding on each other all of the time. It's incredibly contentious. There's one of the prisoners has um, is obviously not well mentally, seems to think that he's... Um, Bonnie Prince douchebag. Oh. Um, and, and Tom Christie, also a prisoner, is in the warden's good graces because he's, quote unquote, educated and he's not a heathen. He's not a Highlander. He's not mm. Catholic. Mm. Um, but the men who don't want to follow Tom Christie have no one to lead them. So Jamie is supposed to not rouse the men, but also it's, they're miserable. Um, and they're constantly getting... having to do hard labor and there's no food and blankets and whatever it's it's a lot and in this sort of vat of chaos is this one kindred spirit who had a wife that he loved a lot and he and jamie have a little bonding moment about their wives that they loved a lot sam was really Um, good in that scene he was really good in that scene i have Mm -hmm. thoughts about Sam Huon's developing strengths as an actor. And he was good in this episode. Yes, he was. Um, but, uh, of course, the next day, this, like, set, I mean, total doom face. <laughs> yes! Total it was doom, doom face. face, McPound, it was. From the moment we see him, I was like, oh, he's gonna die. Yep. Oh, no. And oh, he, yeah. does. There, he does. There's another squabble <laughs> and hard labor, and he has, we've already learned from his conversation with Jamie that he is losing his sight. Mm. So he's like stumbling around, can't see where he's going. He's obviously not fighting, but one of the other dudes t- picks up a rock and is like, Gah! and just hits him on the head with it really hard and he dies. Oh my God. Yeah. So Jamie is like, fuck no, we're this. Done. Fuck this. That's, yeah. that's traumatic. Jesus yes. Christ. So 
um, he as they're looking at this dead doom face. He, he was too pretty to live. He was um, too pretty to live. And they had to put all that shit all over his face in the jail scene. Did you see that? Yeah. Too pretty. Too pretty. <laughs> um, the the man who thinks that he is the prince is there and puts a piece of tartan on the body. Tartan, as one of illegal. the things that mm-hmm. could potentially unite the men, is illegal. Totally illegal. So one of these like 16-year-olds who's a soldier is like, who do I get to punish now? Great, let's do this. Let's injure some fellow human beings. Yeah. Uh, And Jamie naturally is like, oh. It was mine. It was mine. Right as Tom Christie points, is getting ready to point at this person who is out of his mind. Getting ready to point at him. And Jamie is like, yeah, that was me. And you see the seeds of this conflict and that Tom Christie, it's not like he's a bad person, but his beliefs are obviously, although that's debatable on some things, he, on a lot of things, complicated character. Get used to him. He's going to be around the whole season. He's a very interesting character and they cast a great actor and I'm all here for it. He was amazing. He's great. Yeah. Um, but you see that Tom Chrissy wants to be a natural leader of men, mm. but he lacks the ability to inspire. He can inspire fear. He doesn't inspire other things. Mm. Devotion, respect, um, any like anything remotely positive. Mm. So he's getting ready to do what he thinks is justice and tell the truth because he's seeing things very black and white. The truth is the right thing. A lie is the wrong thing. Jamie sees a mentally ill person being whipped when he doesn't understand what's going on is a bad thing. So then lying is a good thing. And the reason I like this flashback so much is it is classic book Jamie. It's like that's He's always got to get his ass beat. But it's the stuff I love where he's weighing the... You can see him weighing the sort of tactics and strategies, but the question of what is right and what is wrong, he doesn't reflect on it at all, right? Yeah. There's no, there is no question. He knows what is right and what is wrong. And we see a lot of that come through in this episode. He can balance his own personal feelings against the greater good and then also identify complexities and struggles and places where they can come together and avoid conflict and places where conflict is necessary. Um, and the way that he ends up resolving this conflict is that he goes to the warden, who he saw give a super secret handshake Little to Tom thumb wiggle. Christie. Little, Little thumb, thumb wiggle. Thumb wiggle. I'm like, fucking Mason shit. Of course I yeah. was proven correct. So he says, I, uh, I saw your little secret handshake. So why don't you make me a Mason? And then I'll start a lodge in Arzmir prison because then talking about politics and religion will be against the rules and they'll all be brothers. And so that's what he does. And that's how they all fucking survive Arzmir, including Tom Christie, who would definitely have gotten himself fucking killed. Wow. Am I wrong? That man (laughs) would be dead. He would have gotten himself killed. So... Then we see Tom Christie 
marching up the road to Fraser's Ridge. What could possibly go wrong? Cue new theme song. Yep. And then you're like, wait, this the episode hasn't already started? <laughs> it's a really, really a good really flashback. Wow. It's long, but I'm Lots really glad they took yeah. the time. I really yeah. am. There are places I think this episode could have been trimmed, but that's not one of them. I wouldn't mm. have taken out a single minute. It shows how much they're going to invest in this character and this actor. By the way, the guy is so good that I fucking wrote his name down, which good. you know I, I never do that. I don't know why. Mark Lewis Jones. Welcome. Killed welcome. It. Welcome acting excellence. I enjoy seeing you. Yeah. Come on in. He's, uh, get used to praising him. He's going to be good. If he's, he's that good in this episode, he's going to be... He's going to be great. He and gives the, me Murtaugh vibes a little bit. Yes. Like yeah. his, his demeanor and just kind of curmudgeonly. Yeah. Yeah. Dad kind of dad energy a little bit, but like uh, crotchety. Yes. Crotchety. Um, and he oh, just, yeah, he's good. It's, it's a fascinating, the, the character is fascinating as a counterpoint to Jamie because you get to look at these people and see they aspire to many of the same things and they yeah. go about them differently because of some of their fundamental beliefs. But a lot of the things that are shitty about Tom Christie are things that were shitty about baby Jamie, right? Like mm -hmm. he talks about beating his children and that, you know what? Beating your children is bad. <laughs> it's, it is bad. However, it's more complicated at that time because of what people were taught about parenting and about religion. And that doesn't mean it's good. It's still bad because you should know in your gut that it's wrong. The way that Jamie deep down knows in his gut that it's wrong when he's beating Claire, even though he's also sort of turned on by it. I don't love that episode. Yeah, um, no, that episode. But complicated. The fact that Tom Christie... Beats his children means he has something in common with the vast majority of parents in the entire world at this point in history. Mm -hmm. So, um, I can't wait to get to his kids. Yes. I have so many questions. Let's do it. Let's talk okay. about his kids. All right. So the Are new we theme skipping song. Anything? I, not yet. We haven't even started the actual episode. <laughs> I love it when shows drop credits like well into the show. The best example ever is an episode of an episode of crazy ex-girlfriend where all, almost all the way at the end, one character is summarizing the plot, the plot of the show to another character. And they end up speaking the theme song as dialogue. <laughs> and then, and then it goes crazy ex-girlfriend and you see the title card. And there were like five minutes left in the episode. It's classic. That's Julie. Awesome. Go ahead. Thank you. So, Let's get the episode going. We're at the ridge. Yeah, it's on fire. Jane, uh, Claire's, oh, Claire's, Claire's floating. floating. But you know yeah. what? We before we get to the ridge, they gotta let us know we're in America now. And yeah. so there's a big bald eagle. First of all, this the first frame of the thing is a oh, fucking bald eagle. I'm what like, okay, this? America. What is this peacemaker? Come on. I'm like, come on. Fine, whatever. <laughs> we're in America, thanks to the eagle. And then, fucking, he shows up. You're right. So well, he marches up to R R Fraser's Ridge. Claire and, and Jamie are gone because we'll be brief about this mm -hmm. because uh, Claire has to go check on Marsley and Jamie is essentially not letting her just go water through the woods by herself right now, which probably smart. Yeah. Probably smart. I, I forgot the title card. The, I, when I was watching it and I was like, oh man, 
I forgot all about this. I had to write it down real fast. I don't remember what it was. What was it? It was Claire making some uh, making some medicine. Oh yeah, Claire. Yeah. Claire is we'll making. Claire's making ether. And that's where we start. Claire's laying on the bed. She looks like she's dead. And Jamie is like, oh my God, Claire, wake up. And then she's like, what? What is it? What's the big deal? Because she's like, oh my God, it worked. I was only out for four minutes. So bitch is making like anesthesia. She's making anesthesia and (laughs) testing it on herself. Ooh, our first oh shit of the season. (laughs) Talk about the fucking like cojones, man, for that. It is I'm going to test this drug out and I'm going to test it on myself. Right away. Right the fuck away. I was like, is she going to start dosing? Oh, my God. I knew it. I mean, you know, I, the, good, um, the good old didn't. days aren't really that good. So yeah, I guess no, I knew sense. right away. There were several. <laughs> there were several things that happened in the episode that I like, like the little thumb handshake. I'm like, oh, he's going to make him a mason. And then two minutes later, it was the mason. Yeah. The title card plus Claire being all blissed out on that bed. I was like, she's going to start. She's going to start taking ether. Mm. So I guessed it from the beginning, but that doesn't make it any less compelling. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, is yeah, is so Claire dosing? Is my third note. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, wait, Claire invented ether. Uh, Claire does make ether in the books. This bitch is on point, Claire. Um, there's a reason they like put themselves in the middle of nowhere, right? She's like making active choices that this is the future. This episode this is full of that shit. Oh yeah. Because there is a definite tension starting to raise up there about why the fuck doesn't everybody think she's a witch? Like, and there's a great scene between Claire and Brianna about that very idea. But okay. Yeah, nice. It's very right. good. Okay. Um, so the big thing we get from this first scene is first of all, Claire's invented ether. And then the uh, Mayor McDonald, one of the British dudes that's in charge of the territory, has asked Jamie to become the Indian agent, like a go-between for the British Army with the uh, First Nations people of that area, right? <laughs> and Jamie's like, mm, no, bro. I'm out. I don't want to do it. I just want to fucking live my life on my beautiful land, which is now bustling and thriving. So piss off. I'm not going to do it. I paid my debt and I'm not, don't call me Colonel anymore. He actually says that I'm not a Colonel. Like go away, please. That comes back with a vengeance. Um, Oh, Mrs. Bug and Mr. Bug got a little bit more screen time this time. Do you think we're going to get more of them? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I'm very curious to know what the great pie placement war of 17 whatever year it was, was so awesome it was very like classic passive aggressive shit was like, exactly the- like family holiday shit hot where like piss, mom puts piss, something down piss. right and then grandma comes in behind her and it's like absolutely not like Let's that move shit this. oh i love it yeah I love me too shit. hot piss um richard rankin's beard is majestic very full his beard is lush Quarantine treated him well. His I wonder if he got one of those rollers. Good. He got one of those rollers good. to en- encourage yeah. growth. He's all he's all he's just a good looking dude though. Here's suit. Him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Jay Claire needs to go check on Marsley because the baby's acting weird. And once again, Marsley's pregnant, as always. Yeah. Well, Marsley was pregnant. Right. We knew that. Yeah. She was already when she got clocked in the face. Because mm-hmm. remember, Marsley murdering the dude? Do we remember Marsley murdering the dude? Yes. I do remember that. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, that was pregnant Marsley murdering a dude. Well, those Sweet. hormones really just fuck. And she would kill a bitch no matter what. So You hurt my ma. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in the whole show. She's so good. Um, so she's going to check on Marsley. Uh, First, Jamie loads up all the fucking 40 kids into the wagon and is like, let's go, kids. Granddad's taking you for a ride. And I was like, that wagon looks like the most fun shit like you get to ask grandpa jamie all the crazy questions right and he just he's loving every minute of it coming up with answers for it i'm like i bet as a kid i would have loved to fucking ride in grandpa jamie's wagon come on kids let's go light fireworks like it's very exactly it's that energy come on kids don't tell your mom like so and they do this so that marsley can have a fucking minute sure Uh Because she needs a minute. Because she she's does. doing all the housework. A lot of work. And all of the child rearing. Too and much she's got work. A, she's got a human being growing inside her, and she's got a mysterious bruise on her arm. And I'm like, oh my God, is Fergus beating Marsley? Because if he is, I simply cannot take it. He's not charming enough to survive that. Okay. <laughs> so Fuck. then this <laughs> is when Tom Christie makes his entrance at Fraser's Ridge, and he starts by rapping on the most beautiful tempered glass window I've ever seen on a front door in my entire life and I have had it up to here. It's oh, yeah. ridiculous. I started counting the windows this time. Mm. <laughs> Four, I feel like maybe seven. That's 11 on two sides. So that means 22 motherfucking windows at the minimum in this house. I feel like maybe we need signs that say Tom Christie was just a little bit right because Tom gets his knickers in a twist a little bit in this episode because Jamie has this majestic house, but there's no church and there's no school. On the one hand, he's wrong. Build houses first. Build houses first. The pe- People need to live somewhere where they won't die of exposure before they can build other things. On the other hand... Um, <laughs> We did a pottery really barn throw any up of in these here. other houses and some of this glass is etched bitch it's like <laughs> like etchings of leaves on the yeah. glass it's oh, on the paned windows with the the complex soldering holding the pieces of glass together it's like beautiful work The first work. time they walk into an interior room in this episode i was like fuck me like, how did they get all that shit there to that house? The vases, you know, the like, bowls, the carving out of the walls. It really is it's like the windows are the. I feel like they're the clue, but like, they're spending it's too like, much um, time on that house. There's like Nancy Myers energy where, and it doesn't make any sense because Claire had, they have that beautiful scene that we already saw before the season dropped where Claire and Jamie are talking about what they're going to do with the Fisher folk, which these are the the people that Tom Christie brought with him, Mm -hmm. Janine, or the Fisher folk. And Claire's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Mend and make do, but we're good at that. I'm like, are you? Are you good at mend and make do? Because you look like you're good at go to Target and walk out having spent six thousand dollars. Like, you know, I feel like we only see one. We we of course only see one side of the house, the facade of the front of the house. You know, partly because one might think that it's a production issue of like what's behind it. No, that's because the shanty town of all the people making (laughs) is behind the house. That's why. It's all a bunch of lean-tos with people yeah. making fucking windows. Terrible. It's a Hooverville. 
Yes, it was a Hooverville joke. Thank you. Oh my God, I appreciate you. Cheers, Lacroix. I'm drinking a pample boost today. Hey. Um. So. <laughs> Tom Chrissy has a point. But in this conversation, Roger's like, oh, well, you know, I'm Mr. Fraser's son-in-law, so let's talk. Because Jamie's Christie, gone, right? Jamie's yeah. gone. Tom Christie mentions he's from Ardsmuir, and Roger, very understandably, is Correctly. like, I got this. I know exactly what Jamie would want me to do if any of the men from Ardsmuir showed up. Welcome to the Ridge. Let's get you a sandwich. And they make him very welcome. Because Roger doesn't know that there's exactly one person from Ardsmuir that maybe that shouldn't happen with. <laughs> and even it still should have happened. But, but Roger... Um, in the great history of Roger not knowing when he's really put his foot in it, this is yet another example. <laughs> a rich, rich history. A rich history. He <laughs> does not realize the um, the kettle of worms that he is opening. Uh, it's a lot. We do find out an important point here <clears throat> that uh, Christy was indentured to the United States, much like Murtaugh was, mm. but Christy was indentured as a school teacher. Mm. So he's a teacher. He's educated whatever but he's also got some real religion issues oh yeah and yeah. it's a bummer like right away you can tell it's a bummer and it's ugh, it's bad uh and then i wrote great job roger so it continues apace <laughs> keep winning roger when jamie fucking gets there and sees him it's hilarious great reaction by sam hewen but he goes along with it because he did put out the pamphlet that's like, if you were an arts muir, come to Fraser's Ridge. So yeah. he's standing by his word, and we know that he that's how he do. So he brings him into the house and says, and this is my wife, and there is a thunderclap. And I'm like, okay, here it comes. This guy is going to be the one that starts fucking around with Claire being a witch. This, this is the guy. Oh, fuck. <laughs> No. Oh, oh, oh it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, I'm just drinking my water. Yeah. Book yeah. knowledge can't say shit. I know, yeah. but it's like the thunderclap was just enough to where if you didn't catch it, it might just like subliminally flow through but, you. But I heard it, and I'm like, but Julie, here's the thing: the thing about thunder is it that only it only happens, happens when, it's... when it's raining. Oh, oh my god, god, that was great. Tusk. Sidebar: I will make it five <laughs> seconds. I swear to God. Everybody knows Wordle. There's a new one. It's called Hurdle, and you listen to music and try to guess the song. Oh, that's fun. It was made for me and Allison. Anyway, yeah. I'm just letting you know that the first one was Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, and I got it in less than one second, so <laughs> she She texted her little result to me like you do, and it was like Hurdle, and then the one little green box. And I was like, huh? And I click on it, and I saw what it was, and I was like, wow, Julie got it in one. I wonder what this could be. And I hit play and went, <laughs> boom, boom. And I was like, oh, like okay. Oh. <laughs> no, I got this one too. I thought Zach was trolling me. He was not. Anyway, Patty. No. Anyway. So, uh, thunderclap after this is my wife is high drag. That was my note. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, he's, he's, he's going to be the one. And then this is the great, this might have been my low-key my favorite scene in the entire episode. It was pretty yeah. short. But Brianna was in Claire's surgery with her, and Claire was telling her about creating the ether, right? And they have this extended conversation about their responsibility vis-a-vis -vis helping people live better lives versus what it means to be perceived as 
a witch. witch. Yeah. Or like, yeah. They don't really say the witch part, but that's the thrust well, of the conversation. The whole Galus, the Galus aspect is probably like hovering right there. Oh, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and Claire's gotten to the point now where she's like, I'm just trying to make people's lives better. And so I'm going to use my knowledge to do that. And Brianna's over there like, I want to build a suspension bridge over the pond. But if they watch me do it. <laughs> so Brie is, Brie is kind of torn about ideas that she has and designs that she has. And she wants to implement them. But she's also a little bit like they're going to think they're going to it's going to scare people. Mom, I have a question. How would you feel if I invented serialized television? <laughs> I feel like, I mean, not to quibble too much on this issue, but I feel like if, if she, engineering feats are different than medical feats. And like, you know. Well, but if it's still a woman doing it. That's fair. Still a woman in that time. Still a still woman. Getting, still getting fucked. Still and I mean, engineering feats can also still involve heat. And anytime heat is involved, those could be the fires of hell. That's yeah. true. So one of the things that Claire says in the scene is you can tell them that the Romans had heated floors. Brim- brimstones. Yeah. True. But also, Rome fell. <laughs> Into the pits of hell. Into the pits of hell. Oh my God, that comes up a lot in this episode. We're not even... I don't know how we're going to do this. Okay, I don't here know. we go. I mean, we got, yeah. That's The next is the sex scene. We oh. do get a sex scene in this episode between Jamie and Claire. And I it's mean, pretty hot. It's hot. Yeah. It's short, but Very it's Very short. To the point, like, grown person sex. But there's a moment that they share that I, I thought was really important while they were doing it, while they were uh, riding the bone train. They looked at each other, and there was a moment of kind of shared pain like sadness or something i don't know mm. am i alone in this i think it it felt like claire kind of trying to release some of the her yeah. trauma it, a little bit none of it's explicit i mm-hmm. mean it's all explicit but none of the subtext lots is of explicit boob. Lots, lots of, of boob. yeah oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, um but good it is um they do a really nice job of sort of I did a little Insta Live with Amelia um, before and after. And one of the things that we were talking about after is that uh, there have been a lot of people on this show who have played pretending to be all right. Mm. And most of them have done a fine job. But Katrina's doing the best job of all of them. She's really good. Claire seems like 99.9% normal. Yes. But there's just, but it's like slightly too normal. And you can tell she's freaking out everyone around her who knows her well. Marsley's freaked out. Brianna's yep. freaked out. Jamie's freaked out. Roger's freaked out. They're all freaked out. And she's just like, why? What? I'm fine. Everything's fine. Did we forget the massive trauma Psst, you went through? That's when you the got- fiery cross. Jesus, yes. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's, she's, she does a really... You remember really when you escaped job. into a 70s house because it was so horrible? That's not okay. <laughs> I actually do have a question Jesus. about, first oh. of all, the costuming remains excellent. Yes, top notch. But in this scene where Jamie and Claire are talking to each other in the boudoir, this is the one we saw in the preview, right? Yes. Oh, where he's okay. like, I think you're an angel or whatever. Oh, yeah. that was a very... Would I mean, an those, angel do those this? this? Get freaky! Oh, yeah. damn. Uh, but <laughs> his shirt 
is so crisp and like freshly laundered. I'm like, who's doing laundry on the ridge? Never mind, it's Marsley. This is a point in my books. Claire always tries to find a reason to not have to be one of the people that does laundry. Um, she'll be like, oh, I have to go pick berries. And she'll just go because she hates doing laundry. So Mrs. Bug is always like, it's laundry day. What berries do you have to pick today, Claire? <laughs> um, it's, uh, Claire, hates, Claire hates laundry. It's, it is canon. But Jamie's linen is crisp. Yeah. I'm just saying it looks real nice. <laughs> That's because it's covered in cum. He's a handsome, standing handsome man. Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> just. <laughs> Where did they get that fucking wallpaper in that bedroom? I don't know, but it's hot. It's good it, wallpaper. It is like. Stately. It, it, it was great. I there. It's the only thing that could have distracted me from the two preternaturally hot people fucking on that bed was that incredible <laughs> wallpaper, and it did. It distracted wallpaper. me because it was primo. All right, let's talk about. I think maybe from here the best idea is to kind of talk about the various threads that we follow. Okay. So we've got, we meet some important characters. Maybe we go through them one by one. So let's talk about the Christie kids because you've been oh, yeah. chomping at the bit to talk about Malva and Alan. Yeah, that's what happens right here is you meet all the people that Tom Christie brought with him. Yeah. And they're the all fish, like hanging out in the woods. The fish the fisher, people. Fisher people. Fisher fisher, people. What does that even mean? Is that a Jesus thing? He's a fisherman? Um, Maybe. They're, uh, I think, lowlanders, essentially. Oh, um, okay. They're not hunters. They're fishermen. Oh. Um, okay. So it's... Uh, like a cultural divide in that time in Scotland. So right they're they're the Tom Christie folks, not the Highlanders. And we meet his two kids. Yes. Alan and Ma- Mava, Mava? Malva. M-A-L-V-A. Malva. Malva Christie. Malva. Uh, Malva we saw frequently preseason because mm-hmm. she's been a lot of the promotions. She is the one that looks distractingly like Jenny. Yeah. She does. Oh. Yeah, she does. She really does. Um, she bad news? This sounds like bad news. Alan. I have so many questions. <laughs> Alan is the one who looks like he's definitely going to get his ass kicked. Alan oh. has, there's, we need the right word for it. So there's a doom face where you, you're too pretty to live. We, mm-hmm. a well-established concept. Yeah. Doom face. There's made face where you're just born to wear a very particular kind of bonnet, right? Mm-hmm. The, the yes. leery face. Yes. But mm-hmm. Perfect for a bonnet, mm-hmm. um, which is about the actor looking good in period clothing, not about the person being like obviously born to be in a subservient position sure made face is about costuming um doom face is about dying (laughs) um uh alan christie has guilty um, face he has uh, there's no reason why i should tell you to never speak to me again when i meet you once at a bar but i'm definitely going to he's got that face he's got like chad face kind of thing no needs therapy face Ooh, um, he's got um. Uh, needs therapy. Needs therapy face. There's got to be. There's got to be something more concise there. Well, well, wait. It's gonna come yeah, to us. It'll come yeah, to yeah. us. But anyway, he's a shifty motherfucker. Shifty. You can tell he's yeah. fucking shifty. There's something that's not right. He's got so some anger Melba. issues. He's got some issues with his dad. Um, he he is out hunting with Ian. Um, and is weirdly, well, I guess not weirdly, very stereotypically uh, interested in the length of his rifle. 
Yes. Um, whereas Ian is just like, let's hunt. And then he takes an arrow and he just goes, and then an animal dies. He's like, yes, that's Silently. hunting. Silently. That was hunting. Um, and, and then uh, Al, Alan Christie says something about the fiery darts of hell. And Ian says, yeah. what is this one of those? I think your father might not care for some of my traditions. Right. And uh, Amelia wanted to share that her first thought upon seeing that scene was she went, that's the fiery dart. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a fiery dart of hell. <laughs> anyway. You know so that's what? Alan. She's so right. Uh, we also see he's got a, like a very pretty powder horn, like a um, gunpowder uh, horn, like slang. way too yeah. fancy for him mm, mm-hmm, since mm-hmm. they have nothing and mm-hmm. just showed up with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, oh, I carved it myself. And the way he says it, you're like, no, you didn't. Um, that comes back. Malva, on the other hand, uh, is very pretty and seems very smart and is very interested in what Claire is doing. She like she seems into science. She seems like oh no. Like it's too bad that she's not alive today and could benefit from some some stem, some stem. Ladies mm. in stem. Mm. Um she also has comes a, there's a vibe with her that is off. Is like there's just something about well, the whole her th- family, the vibe is exactly off. yes. So there's some kind of abuse situation. Like you're right, you, we see it later a little bit. That's, that's the challenge of the of like the heavy religion inside of what everything they're doing, right? Where like at some yes. point, whatever they're mm-hmm. interested in or whatever they want to do or, or are exposed to hits up against that fucking wall, and they're like fucking blasphemy, darts exactly. of hell, exactly yes. fiery darts, totally. Fiery darts Psst, those are the fiery darts. One yeah, yeah. thing we learn in the little Fisher Town is that. The reason why we haven't seen Fergus recently is because he's been working to restore the still, but he's really doing more work depleting the still. Oh, no, yeah. Fergus. He's doing a lot of tasting. Fer- yeah, Fergus is a drunk now. Fergus, you've been yes. so... When you got off that wagon, we were it's, all on your wagon. Ugh, it's Dude. bad. It's bad. He oh, is no. obviously um, really struggling. And... Lauren Lyle, God damn it, she's so she's good. She's so good. She does a really good job of painting Marsley's reaction to Fergus being a piece of shit right now because mm. she is concerned, but she is tired and she is annoyed and she has obviously been concerned for a long time and is running out of fucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, oh. She's great. Fuck. Oh no! Well, so that's now we develop. know we have that to look forward to. Yeah. Oh um, my god, the trailer makes so much more sense now. If Fergus is a fucking drunk. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Okay. It does come back pretty hard too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a big dinner party at the ridge for all the people that Tom Christie brought with him, and then this is where the great pilotsy happens. That's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie is waiting on the table, and her hair is down. Like, oh, do you want to do the Christie people? Th- um through line first or the other through line first um i i mean i think we're running short on time so i was thinking we should focus on new characters but yes we see lizzie and her pilotsy and she looks radiant her hair is down. radiant her hair is down and she is looking really good she oh. looks fly mm-hmm. oh. yeah oh that's not good though that's not good um we also meet a character um who was recently um w- widowed mm-hmm. um her name is 
Amy McDonald. Now I'm concerned I have her last name wrong. This is a book character. Um, her son, uh, Aiden, and she has a baby. They, she just very recently lost her husband. And um, Roger and Brianna sort of decide that they're going to help her specifically. So they're going to help build her cabin. She's very grateful. Oh, yeah. She's um, going to get windows. Yeah, at least um, one. Uh, but you can see sort of the beginning of a dynamic there. She's yeah. one of the fisher folk. Her husband is dead. She's on her own. Roger and Brianna decide that they're going to step in and help. Yeah. Amy okay. is a character from the books who is long running character from the books. Okay. And then Brown Town Ass Clown shows up, and we find <laughs> out that um, I'm sorry, Lionel Brown from Brownsville shows up, yeah. and we find out that that shifty ass. Alan Christie did steal that powder horn. Yeah. Fuck. There's this show does a good job in this episode of sort of ratcheting up the tension. You can tell that the Brownsville shit is just like bad and getting worse. Yeah. It's yeah. not the thing that's happening, but it's constantly happening. It's McCoy other things are happening thing. and it's it affects literally every conversation that any of them have in the entire yeah. episode. The undercurrent is like Yeah. Roger seems kind of fucked up. Yeah, like, everybody seems fucked up. Yeah. Everybody is having their issues and kind of like dealing and with it in different tied ways. To this incredibly traumatic thing that happened. Um I mean Claire's kidnapping? Yes. yes. And yeah. assault. Yeah. Uh there's a line in this scene that Tom Christie says to his son, where he says, Do you want to end up like your mother? And I'm like, Fuck. Tell me more about these kids' mother. Who's, oh, you, she's obviously not with us anymore. You'll find out. Oh. I can't wait. It was, and the actor, the, fucking that guy is so good. He's so good. It, it, no. Immediately a little seed is planted right there, and you're like, what is up with her mother? Hmm. I'm like, Lauren Lyle is so good. She's so good. Jamie decides he's going to be the Indian agent because if he doesn't do it, the guy had asked Lionel Brown to do it, and he's like, oh. I can't let Lionel Brown do it, so I'll do it. Yeah. There's also we see a, a sort of repeat of the um the incidents at the top of the episode where Jamie takes the lashes for the mentally ill person who put mm-hmm. the tartan on the corpse. He here um they are gonna take Alan Christie away, which maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, but they don't. <laughs> and uh Jamie's like, well, it's my land, so we're going to see that he is punished. Your help was not needed here, Brown Town, Ass Clown. Go. Um, Goodbye. Go back Take to your, your big hound yeah. and your frown <laughs> and um, uh, go uh, give my best to the crown. I don't know. Um, that was good. You got there. Thank you. I was working on it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, that was there. And. Uh, and Tom Christie's like, no, I'll take care of it. And he grabs like a whip, like a legitimate whip. And Jamie is like, actually, nope. no, uh, I'm in charge here. This is my land. So, nope, Tom, we will figure this out together. And by figure it out together, I mean, I'm going to take care of this right now. And he takes off his belt and tells the kid to take off his jacket, but not his shirt, and gives him like 10 lashes with a belt, which Terrible. I'm guessing that still really fucking hurts. Yeah. But it's not a whip on bare skin, which is what yeah. Tom Christie was going to do. Oh, my God. Um, but, of course, it's a whole lot more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And that's where we leave things. With, Jeez. like, this con... It's a, except, for, except for the button on the end. The final, the final scene. What's the button? I have, I, we have enough time to... I do have enough time to finish okay. this part. Give me this button. This is important. 
Claire has a bad nightmare, as in which, one would. In which you hear a lot of clips of things that we have seen on the show before, many of which are from the Brownsville assault. But Galus is in there, too. I yeah. heard Galus. Oh. And yep. there are some other things. It's obviously, like, a lot of things from her past all sort of stewing together in her subconscious. A lot you of people can come calling out her, now, Claire. A lot of people calling her bitch. A lot yeah. of, like, witch talk, too. So, oh, yeah. No. She wakes up very disturbed from this nightmare. It's bad. Jamie's like, huh, huh, are you okay? And she's like, yes, I'm fine. I'm going to go make some tea. And then there's a hilarious fucking Boston Tea Party joke or a taxation joke. And she goes down to her surgery. And what does she do? Oh, ether. Yeah. I called it a real Claire's Michael Caine situation oh. because of Cider House rules. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Jeez. This is going to be a complicated season, isn't it? I see. I, my, pop culture reference joke was this was not the tie-in with little shop of horrors that i expected (laughs) Um, because i would i would sooner have predicted man-eating plant well person dressed like a man-eating plant (laughs) man in man-eating plant suit um before i would have guessed that claire starts dosing herself with ether that this isn't a spoiler that's an invention of the show um the ether is well, not ether. Outlander didn't invent ether. And, no, no, no. And yeah. the book has Claire does make ether, and but, it is a part of this storyline, like the of this season. Or um, the potential addiction. No, Claire does not use ether on herself it. in the book. Oh wow! Um, so this is an invention of the show. This part wow. of it is an invention of the show, and I am interesting. Very interested to see where they go with it. Initially, I was like, absolutely not, never. And I was like, well, no, that's the whole point of addiction, is you never fucking know. So I could think that I know this character really well, because I've read these books, but you you never know who is going to need or feel that they need help from a place that's dangerous to them and how it might affect their lives. Um, Right. That's gonna be everyone really, could be an addict. That's you know, a, like that's a really fascinating thing for them to explore. That's exciting. Yeah. That, I mean, that's gonna be complicated. Well, especially but. in context of because then, then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, well, this is interesting because then you put it into context of the choices that Jamie is making and the choices that Tom Christie is making, and specifically yeah. the choices that Fergus is making, mm-hmm. um, and what people are doing to cope with the uh, incredible stresses that they're all facing in this. Yeah. Um, oh, harsh man. landscape, but it is bleak. I mean, yes. it's one of the bleaker moments in the history of the show, and this is not a happy-go-lucky show. I wow. did have another a thought that I'm hoping is not prescient, but when she goes down there after her nightmare to take a dose of ether and she passes out, there's all those little flames, and I'm like, it's going to be Claire. Claire's the one that's going to set their house on fire. Oh, God. That's oh, going to be it, right? Oh my god. Oh my this is going to be such a heavy season. It's oh interesting because we it's uh, we've wow. unexpectedly hit like a Game of Thrones point because the show has deviated enough from the books at this point both in things that they're skipping and things that they're adding that it cannot possibly continue to just follow the storyline. Yeah. Of the books, in the books anymore. Right. It's impossible. We have passed the point where you could just sort of mirror what's going on in the books yeah. in a in a without making without undoing a lot. They'd have mm-hmm. to undo a lot, and I don't think they will. So um, 
but I assume a lot of book readers are going to have a similarly complicated reaction to the one that I'm having. Um, but if I take the book reader part of my brain and like punt it out the window, um, it's totally justified. They mm-hmm. 100% justify that choice. It absolutely makes sense. They thematically it's justified. You Katrina plays it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, Jamie's concern. There's an interesting shot where you see Jamie in the mirror watching her leave and he looks so isolated and they really, really pull it off. So the book reader in me is like, I don't know guys, but, but TV critic Allison has to say it's the show has 100% justified what Claire is doing here. That's awesome. Yes. With that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's, it how was painful. very upsetting. How painful and how wonderful. Wow. I'm interested. Well, great season for me not to watch i can't wait to experience this to all of you goodness gracious well if you want to watch one just let us know no you you make the decision and i you know what maybe at some point you you, i'm leaving it up to you all to say this is the one you should watch because it has the perfect mix of addiction pain conflict and boobs well, you definitely need the boobs, for sure. Yes, please. I mean, um, why else tune in? Pandemic's been a little bit of a lonely place, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do some scales. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, God, so, it's been a while. It's been a while. So um, let's start with the costumes. On a scale from, let's say, um, uh, a community theater production... <laughs> Of it's always the best rent ah! and <laughs> Sesame Street recreates rent. I don't know why I went with these things. Sesame uh, Street would like no, knock, these are bad scales. No, no, no. I think I, can, I think I can do it. I can do yeah. it. Okay, it's gotta be. It it is a community theater production of Rent, but it's slightly it's like a really good community theater. Like ah. I would say regional theater. Regional. Like a tour, a revival tour going to regional theaters. So it's not quite as amateur and shitty, but it's also not Broadway. Like I we don't we don't see a lot of fancy bling in this episode. We just don't. Sounds Jamie's like leather coat is boss though. Choice, yeah. Ooh. His leather duster. Dude, Janine. I'm adding adding that to my fantasy list of things I'm going to wear at some point. Leather duster and those fucking his boots. His wig is so much better. And even the wig in the flashback at the beginning of the episode to Ardsmere Prison, I was like, where was this wig five yeah. years ago? The wigs are way better. The mm. yeah. I had some I had some little tiny issues with the flashback, but I think I figured out that I think that Sam Huon has improved leaps and bounds as an actor over these five seasons. And he's also a better physical actor, but he seems to have something in common with Jamie and that he doesn't really seem to be capable of conveying physical weakness. Mm -hmm. Like he just was still so hale and hearty. You know what I mean? He didn't seem the acting, like you can tell his spirit is diminished. Right. And then Sam Hewen does a really good job of showing that as Jamie decides to sort of assume this responsibility and form this lodge that he has sort of found a purpose in this terrible situation that he's in. Um, and then all of a sudden the body language doesn't matter. Then it's Jamie, but it's like Sam Huon is playing this diminished person and his shoulders are not cooperating. Not diminished. Mm. No, not even a skosh diminished mm. are but those shoulders. I mean, it, he does Woof. a really, really nice job. You know who else is incredibly handsome in this episode, even though he's fucking up left and right, is Caesar Damboy. Ooh, Dude. Damn boy. 
He is really a handsome person. He is very good. Thank you, sir. Who's Dan Boy again? Fergus. Fergus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, mine is going to be the scene in the Muppet movie where they stop so that Kermit and Miss Piggy can have a date and Steve Martin is their waiter. Um, Where (laughs) it's like... finest. (laughs) Totally. It's not um, the show-stopping, like... Life's a real movie. Make your own ending. Keep re- it's not that. It's not flashy. Um, it's not Camilla performing her circus act with Gonzo. Um, but it's also not moving right along. Yep. Right? It's like Agreed. they've stepped it up a little. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, boning scale. Uh, from, um, let's say, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> the, co- the coat made me think of it. To um, <laughs> um, ooh, like a Merchant Ivory situation, mm. like like refined but still horny. Yeah, I it, it, yeah, I was gonna say Bridgerton, but Bridgerton is far too horny. Bridgerton's way too horny. Well, yeah. actually, you know what? No, because it's the end of the scale. Yeah, Bridgerton. Because fine. then it might fall in that Merchant Ivory area. Yeah, it's very Merchant. Yeah, that's a you, great adjustment. Yes. Mm-hmm. So our mutual response can be Merchant Ivory. We're not yeah. in Bridgerton. No. But it's hot. It's brief. It but is. It's, it's hot. Brief and hot. Did anybody know? Did you notice that they kind of kept the blanket bunched up on her side, and all you saw was like, you know what that is. Baby bump, hide in the bump. I think it's the first time we're watching them hide it. <laughs> bump it, bump, hide in. So Janine will be on bump watch this entire time, and every time we see some well placed basket or clump <laughs> of sheets, we're gonna we're gonna talk. Baby about. bump. It's gonna be hey that basket of berries. <laughs> they must have just done laundry and hiding the baby bump. <laughs> she had, yeah. <laughs> if you see Claire baby. holding a basket of berries, one of two things is going on. Either. They are hiding her baby bump, <laughs> or they were just doing laundry on the ridge, and she had to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Porky Nolos dos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Final scale. Getting up to get a beverage. It's long episode, but I it's a not. good episode. Yeah, I also I did, did not. not. Maybe this mm. one doesn't need to be a scale. It's just, did you feel the need to get up and get a beverage? I didn't. I was legitimately riveted. I was sort of expecting to be a little more distracted than I was because premieres are so often about table setting, but it, um, really moved it there in like act four of five. It's like, all right, <laughs> me too. Around, around like uh 50 minutes or so. I was like, yeah, but it on. wasn't that any of the storylines weren't working. It was True. just that there were, there was like one too many. If they had punted one little tiny something to the next episode, it would have been, it's one of my favorite kinds of great episodes of TV because it's not flashy and it's not like incredibly memorable even. It's just really well made. Mm. Like front to back, checks the bu- does what it's supposed to do. It's engaging the whole way through. There's good balance. It's just, it's a really well made episode. Mm. Not okay. a favorite, not particularly daring, but like well done. Mm-hmm. Which is good. That's competence is underrated. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. And that is a competent episode of television. That is not a dig. That's good. There's a lot no, of fucking very incompetent TV out there. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Janine, do you have questions? Now that no. you're back in the role of the audience? No. Uh, I, I, don't, I have many questions. 
but it's mostly around like how are we going to see these um, these characters who are in a low point and it's only going to get worse. Like how are they going to develop? I'm curious. That sounds like a very interesting season of t- television. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm, really, I'm that's very curious about where they're going to go next. Yeah, yeah, it's that gif of RuPaul with the opera glasses. I can't <laughs> wait to Ooh. see what happens next. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you know who else can't wait to see what happens next? Our wonderful listeners. Thank you so <laughs> much segue. for coming back with us. By the way, if this happens to be your first episode of the Drunk Cast, normally at the beginning of the season, we would probably take some time to explain some nicknames and shit. Uh, I've gotten some m- messages recently from r- new listeners who are like, what the fuck does this mean? And we're going to tell you, in. Julie and I will make time <laughs> sometime in the next couple of weeks to do like a little bitty, by the way, here's your vocabulary. Because we're just never going to stop saying things that you don't know what they are. But we'll try to explain yes. some of them. We'll explain anyway, Patty, and we'll talk about who Coinface and Pam Moose are, and we'll do all that. Um, and also welcome and thank you for listening. Uh, we want to thank all of you. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Instagram at podlandercast and at Podlander Presents. You can also find out about our other podcast, Sickburn Jane, at Sickburn Jane. You can find uh, Twitter, Twitter, Podlander Presents. I don't know. All of those things. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podlandercast where you can support the show, get access to early episodes, bonus episodes. Um, we're gonna figure out some way of crowd casting something etc etc we want to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to do this but especially the following wonderful folks are we ready watermelon watermelon water okay rutabaga rutabaga all right bg just Bree, maddie perkett says in act lisa brianne julia gulia kathleen martenant lauren tennant kelsey camp emily day betsy english caitlin reddick jen collins ashley takas and Kristen freckled fury laura calm amelia <laughs> bazell liz and tinkerbell stella welch tori halg and claire feeney rochelle lefevre heather robbins <gasps> jerry hurdle emily carlson amy gustafson rachel townsend kelly mazella chantel salters mary the falling statue tara lucino viv pickles aka laura mary of the grapefruit jenna Polkowski, Ann gibson ruth mccormick cara marlowe trish mccurry julia detoy jen lynn kelly bond and and Kiki, the, the wise. wise. Uh, thank you so much for making it possible for us to do this inane bullshit. <laughs> we love it, and we love you, and we're very glad that without Lander is over. <sighs> I will not say the other word. No. It's fine. I'm hydrated. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll be back next week to talk about. Uh, I I don't know. Um, More addiction. Episode the stages of two, recovery. Some house burning down. <laughs> house in, in burns episode, down while church goes up. In episode two, they adopt a rabbit. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.